0: Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball especially when it's done by the twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home? Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact The Grand Group by emailing the Grand G-R-A-N, Group at edinarealty.com or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with Edina Realty, three-time Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan discuss the Twins' three-game series against the Chicago White Sox. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to Min for the Win. My name is David Kufas. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins managed to lose two of three against the Chicago White Sox. An opportunity to pick up some ground in the standings. They failed to capitalize. There was nothing but excitement in these games, though, folks. There's a lot to talk about. Hard to know even where to begin, Dan. What do you think of this series?
1: Well, I will begin by thinking that this is a quarter of the way through the season now, and this is not where we thought the twins were going to be. (laughs) A quarter—they're fourteen and twenty-seven. I don't know of anybody who would have predicted that. So I broke the season down kind of into quarters, and they have to be really good still in each quarter after this to even pull back to five hundred.
0: You know, it was one of those things where last episode we were talking about whether or not we should lose hope or whether there's still some hope in the season, and last time you tried to talk me off the edge Dan but now it's starting to seem like perhaps you've joined me on that edge and we're about to uh we're about to do it together Dan Romeo and Juliet style
1: well because here's the deal they need they need to go on some ridiculous run here right they need to win 14 of 16 they need to you know or even
0: 9 of 10 just to make it interesting and and how common is that that's
1: just this doesn't seem like a team built for a run like that so that said there's always a little bit of hope
0: And there could be. I mean, tomorrow, it's an off day for the Sox, and the Twins have a doubleheader against the Angels, who are no longer currently fielding Mike Trout, who's out for six to eight weeks. The White Sox go to New York to face off against the Yankees, and then the Twins go to Cleveland. So really, if there's an opportunity to gain ground, it's likely right now.
1: David, this is the same thing you said six days ago before they played the A's and the White Sox. If there's an opportunity, this is it.
0: How many times (laughs) have I told you my big issue is I can't get my heart to catch up with my head? and as soon as my know, heart catches up with my head, then, then we'll be back to the realism that I'm known for, Dan.
1: <laughs> the real, well, we'll see. Well, we, should, we should walk through the games because there was a lot of
0: reality here in these three games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of reality, certainly. Let's jump into the series recap. Series recap. Game one, Dan. I don't want to spend all that much time talking about it. There's a lot of drama that we're going to talk about in, a, in later segments, but... To recap, not a good game. The the, the Twins lose 16-4. Hap looks terrible uh, again. This is his third outing in a row, I think, that has not been a good performance for Hap. Mm -hmm. Season ERA up to 5.35, which truly doesn't sound... It's not good, obviously, but that doesn't sound as ridiculous as the last two to three games have been for him.
1: Well, it shows you how good he was early, and just how dreadful he's been, especially against the White Sox here. This is two straight starts against the Sox, where they have just pounded him. This one was six earned runs seven hits and three and two thirds
0: so they bring in their cleanup guys they bring in law and anderson who each give four oh, four man, runs up a piece. Just... no pitcher oh. for the twins including uh asadio who came in uh, and pitched the ninth no player for the twins no pitcher for the twins did not give up a run in this game <laughs> The bright spot was Rob Refsnyder, four for four. Yeah, how about that? I mean, it's a little bit sad that he does it in a game that is, well, this game. You know, I was updating the roster just to make sure I had everything in line because their transaction, Dan, it's like... It's like if it was a spreadsheet, it would be like 700 rows long of the transactions the Twins have had to make because of all the injuries. It's a very interesting time for this Twins roster. But anyway, let's uh, push forward to the lone bright spot of the series here, Dan. Game two, Twins win 5-4. And your guy, Dan, your guy, Miguel Sano, three home runs to three different parts of the field. The Twins do not win this game if Miguel Sano is not on the team.
1: So Sano is so streaky, right? So I felt that in that Oakland series, he was on a positive streak. We'll see if that streak can get over the Game 3 bump, but my gosh, what a game. The best game of his career, right?
0: I, I think so, yes, because he hadn't had three home runs prior.
1: It's hard. I mean, it's hard to top. Do you remember that time, David, when he hit the oh, Grand Slam? Goodness. We watched that highlight. Almost, I feel like we watched it together, David, against the Indians, right, where he hit the yes. Grand Slam to yes. left center beautiful that was a maybe a bigger more important hit cuz that kind of turned the division it seemed like that season but this was a, what a great day for him right cuz every time it was a key moment where they really just needed some kind of a momentum boost especially the 8th inning when he hits that two run blast to tie the game that, that was, was just nuts. fun well but and but to me I, it wasn't the same kind of moment, but I hadn't realized that Jorge Polanco until this game hadn't had a
0: walk off hit. Yeah, that was interesting because you're kind of known as you know, Kepler has had some walk offs, Sanoa's had some walk offs, Cruz have had some walk offs. So yeah, when they said that it was like, really?
1: And then we gotta talk about the other side of the ball, Bailey Ober, who I know again another dynasty player
0: that you yes, have in your league. Yeah, um, I've had him yeah, I've had him stashed for a while now. <laughs> but he
1: looked tall. First of all, yeah. <laughs> um, and he looked competent, right? Four innings, five hits, four earned runs. I mean, not the best line, but compared to the rest of the twin starters right now, I mean, that's pretty capable, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's the next John Rouch, Dan. He's he's just tall and he's. But I didn't see any tattoos on him, so maybe that's what he was missing.
1: After that, the bullpen was great. They it's remarkable really, yes I mean they put three they have three walks and one hit um but Stayshack especially came in and he in a, in a key spot right because that that game could have gotten out of hand obviously really easily that we've seen the White Sox enough this year but he gave them two solid innings there to just keep them in the game
0: then Duffy comes in and this is where things got a little interesting again we'll talk about this a little bit later folks so he only gets he only gets one out but it was not because he was ineffective Dan
1: no, I mean, I, I think the joke was, well, he's fresh for the next game. Yeah, um, I suppose so. He throws behind Mercedes and then gets tossed, and then Rocco, in a in an unprecedented show of emotion, also gets tossed.
0: Yes, I'm excited. I'm, I'm trying to rush through these games, Dan, Sorry, so we can get to talking about this. So uh, they they win this one on a walk off from Polanco, five to four, into Game Three. This one felt like a different game, Dan. The first one was a blowout. The second one was all about excitement. You had the big hits from Sano, the walk off. And then Game 3 felt like very old-school, solid baseball. It's a 2-1 to game, kind of a a pitching matchup. There's not a lot of offense on either side of the ball. And the Twins just can't get anything going here, Dan. I mean, Cruz is the only Twins player who had a hit in this game.
1: It it did feel like they were going to find a way to win this game. But Liam Hendricks came in and really shut him down after Lucas Giolito looked... I, I don't know. In my memory, always Lucas Giolito is that. I'm sure there's games where the Twins have gotten to him, but he just had their number all game.
0: And anytime your starter goes eight innings, it's going to be really difficult for a team to come back and win. And Hendricks, I mean, it's funny, right? Because it gave him an opportunity to bounce back from the day before, and you almost wish that they would have been able to put that doubt in his head enough that they could have pulled out a win. The Twins could have pulled it out in the bottom of the ninth on him.
1: Well, I think we've been watching Rocco coach teams too long that we we get nervous when a guy comes out the. Day day after he pitched already right the previous day because yes. i thought oh there's no way Hendricks is getting out of this but he just i mean the twins batters looked overmatched it was kind of like watching that no hitter the previous night where the mariners got no hit right i mean just, <laughs> uh, this is the same it's a two hitter is the same and Turn- <laughs> Spencer Turnbull, of all people, throws a no-hitter against the Mariners. Let me so, tell you, people okay, out here on. are incensed about the Mariners right yes. now.
0: Just so, if you're new to the show, it's important that you realize Dan Thompson's position on no-hitters makes absolutely no sense. His argument is that it's no different than any other game where there's a shutout. For Dan, the only thing worth celebrating from a pitching perspective, is a perfect game. And anything less than that might as well be the same. So in this instance, even though Cruz got a couple of hits... I including a get, home run, David. I, I think it's worth noting
1: that oh. there was a run scored but, oh, in this so game. Oh, so
0: it is different, though, than a no-hitter is what you're No, about
1: I don't me. think so. I think this is about the same. <laughs> <laughs> he only allowed two hits, and he had, what, 11 strikeouts? I mean, Gialito they was in control. Run, they scored a run,
0: They scored a
1: run. doesn't
0: matter. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't matter. It do, it's the same as a no hitter. They scored a run. Dan. From a pitching
1: standpoint, this was the same. In fact, how? I would argue,
0: Dan, that's not even that's not even possible. That's not how is it the same? They scored a run, a home run. It wasn't like he walked four guys. Dear goodness, Dan, he put that's two not guys same. on, which is the same. Spencer Turnbull put two no, it's guys not the same. on. No, Stop, stop saying, stop saying that it's the same. It's not the same. All right. Well, I think it is.
1: David, oh, my. two hitter is the same as a two walker, as Goodness. far as I'm concerned.
0: I no oh. fans want an ejection. There he goes, and that
1: was Guardy's gripe. Hold on, are you Guardy's griping me on that, David? Uh, yes, I'm Guardy. What? Then what?
0: no, there that's just common things.
1: sense. I'm not griping. Are you the one who's doing the gripe? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I guess that makes more sense. Do you
0: not hear my voice, (laughs) Dan? I hear
1: that you're worked up. All right. Before moving to the segments, we have a correction.
0: It was me. I was a bit worked up during the series grade segment last episode. So a listener kindly emailed in and had said, hey, the Sox didn't lose two of three to Kansas City. It was actually a series split because it was a four game series. So they each took two. So our apologies. Sometimes, you know, it's one of those things. I'm getting all worked up. I'm not paying attention to the stats. But sometimes, folks, as you just witnessed, it's really hard to... To stay focused when you have a co-host who insists on some ridiculous things here. But anyway, and again, thank you to the listeners. Very kind words uh, along with the correction, and we do like to be accurate uh, and, and correct our mistakes. Catch them all,
1: Kirby Puckett. Pucketts picks winner. I pulled even here in the season. We all have four victories now. Miguel Sano had 14 points. The listeners took Cruz. He had four. And then Jorge Polanco, your pick, had three, including maybe you could argue he, he was probably going to get a double out of that game-winning hit, right? So can you almost give yourself a, that fourth point like in
0: parentheses? <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about that, and I thought specifically for the next segment. But so No, I, I wasn't going to give myself an extra point, but let's let's just keep pushing here. Beast versus Bench, because I want to talk about my thoughts on Polanco. Beast. <laughs>
1: Versus Bench. Losing fun? Is
0: losing fun. I'm going to go ahead and assume that our beast picks are probably similar.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty safely to know. I don't know that there's much more to say there other than, you know, I think I speak for you as well. We hope that this is him getting out of a slump and that we can see not just a series or two, but maybe a month long stretch. Because if ever they need him to be good right now, they need him to be good until guys like Kirilov and Buxton come back to just reinforce this lineup. It does sound like Kirilov may even be back as soon as this weekend. Correct. Um, And so he's going to do a rehab stint while the team is off in, in California, which is just as well. And then hopefully he can play through the pain and he can be back this weekend.
0: I think it'd be a big kind of uplifting moment for the team just to see guys come back. The thing that's tricky here, Dan, is that it's not like there's a whole bunch of guys who are injured right now, outside of Buxton, who's really the biggest contributor missing. You can't really blame the losses for this team and the way they performed this season on injuries.
1: It seems like, though, a lot of guys are banged up. Like, that actually leads to my bench here. So I, I have I have Kepler on my bench. He didn't actually have a great series. Um, he was 0 for 3 in Game 2. He didn't play in Game 1 because we were all worried he was going to go on the injured list. Correct. Um, and then he was 0 for 4 again in Game 3. And I think that under other circumstances, he might be able able to sit, but they just can't sit them right now.
0: I mean, there's some warm bodies you could throw out there, but no one who you want to throw out there. And it's like, if you want to put an injured Kepler in, as opposed to a healthy anybody else, you know you're hurting for guys at this point.
1: Also, we forgot to mention that Jake Cave is injured, David. And and as much as we tease Jake Cave, he's played a lot of games this season for this team and given them that depth. But maybe it's a false just, step. I don't just, know. Like just
0: because he's played games, that doesn't mean we we can't tease him, Dan. Like right, well, he's it, betting
1: 167. So well, maybe that's what it's I'm just saying. You're well.
0: like, oh well, we've teased him a lot. Well, yes, he deserves to be teased, Dan. He's yeah. played very poorly. I don't care how many innings he's put in
1: who's your bench
0: yeah so I put garlic on the bench again this is one of those things I don't love putting a guy who's not really expected to be a contributor on the bench but oh for 12 I mean that is a rough series and if anybody deserved to be on the bench this time around it had to be garlic
1: yeah that's fair and I hope again hopefully Kirilov comes back and then these guys can get some rest because garlic has been playing hurt too it's not like you know he's been a picture of health ever since his really good start right he's he yes he's really fallen off since that good start
0: well and he I mean specifically he hits really well against lefties and so because He's been forced to play against righties, which was probably not the plan going into the season. His average is probably going to level a little bit lower than it probably would if the Twins had fully staffed, healthy outfield.
1: You know what? If there's one thing Rocco loves, David, it's the lefty righty (laughs) matchups. He loves those. Loves loves those (laughs) matchups. All right, let's Uh, go to Rocco's rewind. Lots to say here. Rocco's rewind.
0: Before we get into all of the drama and whatnot, I just want to say I don't have that many negative thoughts towards Racco in this series because one, I don't know how many difficult decisions there were to make, but I think overall, I think he managed the series as well as he could.
1: In the sense that in this series, there really weren't any moments that a manager's take, except that you could almost argue in Game Two when Bill Evers came in and, and filled in for Rocco here at the end of the game, um, that me, me, he you know he pulled some good strings with the the pinch hitting of Cruz. But yeah, I can't I can't criticize Rocco much this series.
0: I will argue about that though. I thought that they should have pinched Cruz the inning prior.
1: Right, but you were wrong because they didn't need to because they won the game in the ninth, David. <laughs> (laughs) It's all about results, I
0: guess. (laughs) You don't think that matters? Hindsight. You're like, oh, yeah. Well, clearly they didn't need to. You're dumb. That was stupid. What are you thinking? What was that? Fair enough.
1: We got to talk about the big moments here, and it really spans two games. It spans game one and game two. So I'll start, if I will.
0: Yeah, please just set it it up for folks who didn't listen to it, and then we can kind of get into our thoughts.
1: Game one, it is... 15 to four at this point in the top of the ninth the twins just have to get through the inning and so williams estudio comes out as he periodically but maybe even regularly does and he pitched the top of the ninth and it comes up and he's got a 3-0 count on mercedes the cleanup hitter for the white Sox, and mercedes promptly hits the 3-0 pitch which was only 47 miles an hour (laughs) deep over the fence right i mean like he hammers the ball drama ensues how about you pick it up from there
0: obviously at this point the turtle is not happy and really you would think okay yeah the twins aren't maybe happy about this because there's this unwritten rule folks and so one unwritten rule is that if your team is up big and you have a 3-0 count as a hitter you're supposed to take now you'll remember last year Tatis had the same issue Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where he hit a grand slam on a 3-0 count and he got chastised by his teammates for it. Specifically, Eric Hosmer like said over to the other team's bench, like, oh, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to him about how you don't do that. Right, right. Anyway, so the drama continues here because... La Russa in his press conferences, so the manager of the White Sox, he throws Wait. Mercedes under the bus. More or less, he says that, hey, I gave him a sign to take on 3-0. I could tell that he was getting ready to jack one, and so I almost ran out of the dugout telling him to, to take this next pitch. And he goes, I hope that the Twins, you know, if they feel the need to retaliate, I get it, but hopefully this is working as an apology. And then it's super awkward because you're you're one of the best teams in the league right now. Do you really want to add clubhouse drama? I think. The best thing for him to do in that moment was no comment. So the post game press conference is super weird. He makes some weird comment about how he would spank him, but he's too big and strong for him. <laughs> yeah, that was like, a little
1: bit out of place. Uh, <laughs> I just like, was just like, what is going on? And
0: then in game two, more drama ensues. Dan, I'll let you pick it up from here.
1: So Duffy comes in, and you know the, the White Sox are up four to two, and Duffy throws behind Mercedes. You know, probably knee level, not like way far behind, right? Like, you know, almost enough where if Mercedes had just kind of leaned back a little bit, he probably would have got hit by the pitch. Well, after- the umpires confer and they decide to toss Duffy. And then Rocco Baldelli comes out and I think he, he may have raised his voice above a whisper, David. It and
0: was, That was the most upset I'd ever seen him by far.
1: Well, and so he gets tossed after that too. And that seemed to fire the team up or you could argue that it did. And then the twins come back and win the game. Interesting situation, David. I don't know. What, what do you make of it?
0: Well, okay, so one thing about Rocco's sort of – him getting tossed, it was funny because what he was talking to the ump about, so he was upset because no warnings had been issued. Sure, sure. And he was upset that if you're the crew chief, if you want to throw Duffy, you throw Duffy. Don't confer with other umpires prior to throwing him, which – Why he decided to throw him, whether he talked to the other umps or not, I don't really mind that so much, but I do understand just tossing a guy when I think it was Mercedes, it was his fourth at bat of the game. It wasn't like it was his first at bat and it was raining now likely. Yes. Certainly Duffy did this intentionally, I think. Oh, absolutely. I don't absolutely. think there's, a, don't yeah, think there's yeah. any question about that. You could potentially make an argument. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it really did slip out of his hand. Seems very unlikely.
1: Yeah. But I mean, these are the, professional pitchers here.
0: Here's here's the main questions, Dan. One, do you have a problem with a guy swinging 3-0 when they're up big? Two, what do you think La Russa <laughs> should do with a player who ignores a sign? Supposedly. Supposedly. Because yeah, I'm not sure. And then...
1: I should be writing these down. There's a third question, David. Um.
0: Well, and then, <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. All
0: right. And then my my third question is, do you think Duffy did this on his own accord or do you think the twin staff told him to do so?
1: Okay. Well, see now questions two and three are kind of related, right? Because they're really about, you're supposed to listen to your manager. You're supposed to listen to your manager at work. You're supposed to listen to your manager in baseball, whatever it is, you're supposed to do what you're told, right? So. Correct. So if, so La Russa said this um, after the game, he said, I took several steps from the dugout onto the field yelling, take, take, take. I know the twins knew that I was upset. Third base coach, Joe McEwing had given the take sign. Mercedes was locked in and thinking, I've got to go. I've, I've got to get him. I've got to get him. But he missed the 3-0 take sign with that kind of lead. That's just sportsmanship and respect for the game and respect for your opponent. He made a mistake. I don't much care about the respect for the game in that moment, right? So in in some sense I disagree with Lewis's reasoning for for even giving him the take sign, but I disagree with Mercedes when he probably should have seen the sign and then ignored
0: it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean I've had trouble sort of sort of putting my thoughts to paper because my thought is one, Mercedes certainly should have respected the the sign as you had just said. Two, The count, I don't care about the count. I don't care if it was 0-0 or 0-1 or, you know, whatever, 3-1, whatever the case may be. If he's going to try and hit a home run, he can try and hit a home run. I get that they're up big. I don't really, yeah, the whole respect for the game thing, I'm with you here, I don't really agree with. Guys are there to play baseball that you can let them play baseball. It's a position player on the mound. I guess to me, though, it's kind of like, who cares? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, like my thinking is that congratulations, you hit a home run off a position player who threw the ball under 50 miles an hour. The argument could be made that, oh, well, he's on his rookie deal. He's thinking about his arbitration future and one more home run is really going to help him out. I doubt it. And the thing
1: is, OK, so let's say there's an unwritten rule that you're supposed to not swing 3-0 in a big situation, you know, like that. Well, this is a divisional matchup. You're going to see this team a lot. Do you want to give them any reason to get amped up, right? I think that's really the the bigger argument. To me, it's not about an unwritten rule. It's just like, is this the wise course of action? So let's let's not call it respecting the game or respecting the opponents. Let's say, is this smart for your team to do? I don't think it's smart for him to do. But at the same time, the Twins are trotting out a position player. So... It is what it is. I just, I don't have an issue with it, but I, I do find it odd that Larusa is kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth here. He says in a later quote, quoting Mercedes, he says, I heard he said something like, I play my game. La Russa said, no, he doesn't. He plays the game of Major League Baseball, respects the game, respects the opponents, and he's got to respect the signs. When he gets the take sign, he takes. And those are two different things to me. Yes, right? Respecting the game is not the same as respecting the
0: signs. I don't love to do the like comparing sports analogies or whatnot. But I do think think about like an NBA game where one team is up 20 points and there's, you know, 10 seconds left on the clock. Like the team that's up is just going to dribble out the ball, right? They're not going to sure, launch a totally. three like, at like every level not, of basketball,
1: right? I mean, that's yes, not just in the pros.
0: That is legitimately the equivalent to what's happening here. Sure. And it'd be, it'd be one thing if it was an actual pitcher on the mound too it's one of those things i don't mind that he hit the home run it's just one of those things it's like it's like if you're playing a kid and you're up by a million points and whatever you're doing you don't keep scoring on him because you can because it's almost more embarrassing if the guy couldn't hit a home run right
1: the, the <laughs> way though that that breaks down is that these are all professionals it's not like you know it's it's not like we're playing a kid right because we yeah, are playing i agree in that uh, sense yes i i do think it's bad sportsmanship whether that impacts the game i i don't i don't want to make it that absolute or grand that's an awfully grand comparison and it makes baseball seem pretty holy when it's not holy like this is a game
0: had he just hit a single or a double Mm-hmm. Would that have been on a 3-0 count or not on a 3-0 count? That's not a problem then? I mean, that's what I just Yeah, think that's the, the, the The standard doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Either let them play as hard as they're going to play or tell them that, hey, we're just going to be done after eight innings because the Twins are terrible.
1: And that's the thing. They're still playing the baseball game, right? There yes. is still time left. The Twins are probably not going to come back. But at the same time, where do you draw that line? You you know, at some point you you say, well, we're only up seven runs. Like Tatisa's situation for the Padres, they weren't up by eleven. I don't think, no, I think they no. were up by much less than that. So I think
0: it was four or five. It yeah, wasn't that crazy. so it's like, well, yeah. that sounds like a
1: deficit that the team could make up. Eleven probably not. I say you play it out. I think you just say, go have fun. You know, let yeah. let's have fun for an inning. Let's see what happens. If you hit home run, let's not everybody take themselves so seriously.
0: I don't really care. It shouldn't have been the drama that it was. Again, I guess congrats to you for hitting a home run. I don't mind that you did it. It just, like, to me, it's just like, okay, I guess that's fine. Well, let's, I think, can we move on? Yeah, let's let's go well, on uh, Minnesota Moment here. Minnesota Moment. If you have a different one besides Ceno's, Three home runs. I'll be surprised. Well, I, I was gonna, and then I saw what you
1: wrote. I figured. I mean, Sano's home runs. Yes, that's it. But I'm gonna say Bailey Ober's first career start. This kind of surprised us. I didn't know that he was gonna be starting anytime other than two hours before the game. It felt. I don't like. think he did either. Did um, <laughs> <laughs> but good for him. I mean, I I wonder if he could actually stick around. Because here's the thing: we haven't really had a Twins player come through the ranks and join the rotation in a while
0: no we've had people who have attempted Dobnik is probably the the last one to do so and, and
1: look he's he hasn't obviously succeeded as an attempt so so is Ober the one who who will play and maybe make a few more starts and maybe even land in the rotation eventually
0: I mean he could be Thorpe is getting the start against the Angels tomorrow and still not oh, Dobnik. great
1: that'll be fun the next yeah. Lewis Thorpe experiment
0: well, he's done okay. He's done okay. I
1: like Lewis Thorpe. I just, I'm waiting for a twins pitcher to come up and actually come up and stay.
0: Is that too much to ask? I think it's, it's a difficult thing to ask how many guys actually do that? Like not just yeah, the twins. Not. I mean, even
1: Barrios, right? Even Barrios had his ups and downs. He certainly had a lot of downs early on.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Sino's three homers. I thought about ref Snyder's four for four day, but that game is just so sad to think about. So I'm going to go with Sino's three homers, especially the fact that he hit them to three different parts of the field. It's just kind of a cool thing. It wasn't like all of them were jacks to left field uh let's uh let's move forward here mauer's musings
1: i just don't know how it can get any better mauer's musings i'm gonna go first here because i feel like it's just a piggyback on what i just said what has happened to the twin starting pitching rotation
0: shoemaker had a good start today dan so i know it's
1: all inverted everything's up it's topsy-turvy it's what's the song in mary poppins uh everything's turning turtle right i mean Pineda's on the injured list now maeda is banged up Shoemaker suddenly looks better. Hap looks bad after looking good. um Who am I missing? B- Barrios, I guess, has been actually pretty good overall throughout the season. But what's this going to look like in a couple weeks? Like, are okay. those guys going to be back? Is Hap going to be done? Is Shoemaker going to revert? I don't know. It's all turning turtle, David.
0: I don't know. It's just sad. Some of the rumors you see flying around now about what pieces the Twins are going to start selling off. I think this is another discussion for another day. But Dan, it is starting to look like the Twins are going to be sellers, and. This team right now, it is interesting to think about, the only position players who they lose next season are Nelson Cruz and Simmons. Everybody else is still on the roster next season, so pitching is a little bit, it's a different situation, but position players, Dan, there's not a lot of difference in this team next season.
1: What do you have for your musing? I I see it might relate.
0: I guess I'm curious at this point. Kurloff is probably going to come back this weekend, Buxton hopefully within a couple of weeks after that. Does it even matter? at this point like how I mean do we want to get him I guess for Kirilov it might matter a little bit just because you want to see him get some action but for Buxton it's like I don't know why not get right at this point the thing is that he's probably going to want to play because arbitration and you know he's coming up on a season you know a contract year I, but it's just one of the things I just don't know that it matters that they come back at this point
1: I want him to come back I want them to try to win still for a couple more weeks don't
0: you well, yeah of course I mean I every just,
1: week we wanted to try to win
0: every week I guess had they won today I'd be more optimistic than I am right now
1: Certainly, there are ways under 500. They got a long way to go. Should we let's grade these series, David?
0: Series grades, grade them, we shall, Dan. So, I'm <laughs> going to give them a D. Probably would have been an F had they gotten blown out today, but today was a really close game where the other pitching team was just better. So, I, I'm going to give them a D on this one. They got the one win. The first game, it's a throwaway, but you had an opportunity to win two in the series. I'm gonna give them a D. What do you got, Dan?
1: My reasoning isn't all that different, but I'm giving them a C minus. This is just a reflection of my expectations have been lowered, and taking one out of three from the division leading White Sox and having a shot at a second one feels uh, okay.
0: Fair enough. Okay, well let's uh, move forward here. Puckett's pick stand for the for the quick doubleheader Angels series. And we'll see you tomorrow
1: night. Puckett's picks. Are you ready for this? They're going to go to California, play 14 innings, and come back. That sucks. That sounds like a terrible
0: trip. And, like, back to Cleveland, it's not even like it's on the way. It's like, hey, how can we go as far away as possible from where we actually need to go, play a couple of games of baseball, and then head back the opposite direction?
1: It's like they're flying there just because they need the miles you know before the <laughs> before it rolls over into the next year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we can connect in Los Angeles. No problem. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, um the listeners, who the listeners taken?
0: Yeah, so the listeners are going to take a rise on this one. They think that he's ready to turn it around, which is for a guy who's as consistent as he has been thus far in his career, probably not a bad take. I mean, it, it, he's bound to actually get some hits here in the near future, you would think. You would think so. Who do you got? I think Kepler struggled because i didn't pick him in Duncan's oh picks. you think that's <laughs> that, it that you're not, not gonna pick issue. kepler are you max kepler is back on really it again. max kepler is back on it he's my boy i'm going with max again he's going to turn it back around against the angels
1: well we have to pick somebody who's going to play both games of this doubleheader right
0: you can try your best to right do so i don't know how <laughs> you're gonna know um, yeah
1: so i'm looking at who didn't play today in game three. So that gives me a couple options. So I'm going to go with Josh Donaldson. I think Donaldson yeah. plays, and I think he's going to play pretty well.
0: We'll see. I don't think he plays both games, to be honest with you. But what? maybe he Oh, will. he's going to play yeah. both games. All right, Dan. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up here. I'll go ahead and send us out. Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. You can follow us on Twitter, at Win, and you can find our Men for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are available. And if you could leave us a rating, that would be great. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins! That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, go Twins!